0: right. So excited to start episode 48. And it's John Rodriguez that's here today, right? And so coming back for a second time, uh, most downloaded podcast, uh, based on your promotion and your (laughs) brand and what you brought to it, you know, you're, you're a huge advocate of the show, which I always greatly appreciate. But there was a lot of messaging I was getting from people. And then I know that you had a lot of people too, that were like, we want to hear this, we want to hear more, right? And so Obviously, you know, good friend of mine, I consider you that and I'm really glad to have you back. Yeah, same. Well, thanks for having me back. I
1: really, really enjoyed our conversation, um, you know, before the going on to the podcast, not ever having done one prior to that. You know, there's a little bit of nerves about like how it's going to go and the flow and everything. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so uh, I felt like I had a little bit of an idea on like how those conversations go. But what was really cool about that is being as ADHD as I am just remembering conversations without writing things down. So a big part of my life is having re- things written down. When I've planned events, it has to be on my calendar or else I'll just miss it. I mean, it could be my own birthday party and I'll miss it um, if it's not on my calendar. And I vividly remember probably at least 90% of that conversation that we had yeah. just because of how intentful it was and how like focused it was. It It just resonated really, really well. So I was excited about
0: coming back and doing it again. I, I just, the thing that I know I'm finding the love, especially cause it's gone from monologue to interviews and people coming in is just the amount of joy I get from the conversation, right? Hearing about yeah. the success, the mindset, how people navigate things. And I just, I get so energized from the conversations Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's almost like you step into a, like a time machine in a way, like, because it, you know, like an hour and a half, two hours goes by like a snap. Right. And yep. I think almost every podcast I've done in the last month, two months, every person we get off, they take the headphones off. And they're like, they're like, how long was that? I'm like, Oh, it was an hour and 40. They're like, what? Right. Right. <laughs> it's just so yeah. cool. So I'm glad that you enjoy yep. it because I enjoy having you on. So, you know, uh, You know, not to dig into real estate and stuff, but how's things been going with you guys on that side of things? It's an interesting time, you know, at least from us, right? You know, no shout out to John, but we are currently in the process of selling a property, turning into a bigger property, because in my opinion, this isn't a time to invest one day on market, multiple offers. And so like, to me, like this huge, and Adam and I talked a lot about this, like everyone's saying there's a market crash, market crash, you know, real estate crash. I, I just don't believe it one day on market four offers, right? We got yeah. over asking. Yeah. So,
1: so they always say history repeats itself. So everybody's basing what they think is going to happen based on what's happened in the past. Right. However, what they don't understand is we've never been in a market like this in our entire history. Um, and so things that are happening now are just things that we've never seen when you had such a long period of interest rates being in the 2 3 and even 4% range for, I mean, a better part of a decade, like almost as, my, as long as my career has been in this industry. I've been in this industry 13, almost 14 years now, and two-thirds of that or more interest rates are sub-5%. And so when you have that long of a period where those interest rates are that low, people are locking in 30-year mortgages. I mean, outside of commercial, everybody's locking in these long-term loans on these properties and now you're having all these people that have those homes and you get ones that want to upgrade at some point, but they're looking at their, their home and being like, my mortgage payment's going to more than double. I mean, interest rates have gone up by nearly 5% in the last 12 months. Right. And so you still have a lot of buyers out there. I mean, of course their buying power has been suppressed dramatically, Um, People are having to up their budgets just to get the homes that they want um, because prices aren't going down. And the reason prices aren't going down is simple supply and demand economics. Mm -hmm. You don't have the supply out there. And so we're seeing record low inventory on the market. And because of that, so, I mean, for instance, today I have a house in Eagle River that we just listed for $650,000 pretty standard home. It's a three bed, uh, with an office, a three bath and a three car garage in a really nice neighborhood. Nothing, nothing's been upgraded since it was built in early two thousands. Um, we have over a dozen showings. We'll have multiple offers by the end of the day. I have a ton of other showing requests for this weekend. Um, I mean, it's going to be sold at least at asking if not over asking price, because there's, like I said, probably over a dozen people looking for a home like that. And right now there's one other property on the market in Olive of River that can even compare. It's actually a slightly smaller property um, and and
0: is not in as nice of a neighborhood. So, yeah. I mean, what I've been saying for a long time is I feel given the experience I've had with you just in the last couple of years, because it's kind of interesting, right? Like when we started this process, like it was just on the tail end of this. It was kind of crazy. Like, I mean, I know when we listed our last house before we bought this dream home of ours, it was insane. And then how many offered, like there was a couple of times we got a multiple bidding offers and we lost because of how insane it was. But like, I think the only person that's going to struggle in this current market is the person that has a completely average home and it has no uniqueness to it whatsoever. Right. That typical three bedroom, two bath, maybe stuff's out of date, you know, and they want that 2%, 3% price point that was just like 18 months ago in my opinion again i'm not a professional here i just think that's probably what i think a lot of people are putting a bucket into is like that's the market and that's why it's struggling i just i haven't seen it be that since you know doing stuff with you yeah yeah i mean it's it's a market that we haven't seen really ever and
1: just because i mean even your average typical cookie cutter california split entry level home is is selling with multiple offers right now and On the investment side, which is more my focus and and what well, I built my business on, it. Um, like I said, like you said, you got multiple offers on your property f- under f- four units and under that we're still seeing that in this market. The area that I think is going to be the area of opportunity and is the market that you're trying to get into um, right now, the uh, market for commercial, small commercial class buildings from five units up to, let's just say 15 or 20 units, anything below like a one to 1.1, 1 to $1.2 million loan amount, so like a $1.5 million purchase and up, those loans don't, uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, don't uh, fund those type of deals. Mm-hmm. And so you have to go to local credit unions um, and smaller banks that offer uh, loans for those. And one thing we've seen is interest rates in that realm hit close to 10%. Yeah. Um, for a long time, those rates were at or below what, um, or, or right around what, uh, residential rates actually for a few months while residential rates were going up, those were, were actually better for a short period of time. But prime has risen so much that prime right now is about 8% and most banks are having a one to 2% overlay on top of that. So 10% luckily HFC, which is uh, Alaska, um, our government funded, um, uh, mortgage or, uh, uh, housing program, which does housing and housing assistance. So loans for consumers and housing assistance for renters. Um, they actually still have really good rates. So right around that six to 7%, which is, I mean, in my entire career has kind of been the norm for that market. So, but um, because of those higher interest rates and everything else with that market, never having like insanely high demand, um, just because your down payment is so so much greater, like if you buy a fourplex, I mean, you could have buyers that are putting zero down. I mean, so how many people can qualify for a loan like that? Especially when you could use the income to qualify for the property. Right in commercial, they they qualify the property, and um, and in that range, I think that there's going to be some more opportunity. Um, the interest rates were never really really low, so you don't have a lot of people with really low interest rates in with six and eight and ten and twelve plexes. Plus, a lot of those type of loans have balloons, and right. so you're going to get kind of the same consistent turnover in that market. Um, so, if you are having about the same amount of inventory and higher interest rates, um, typically investors who are uh, you know money conscious and understanding of numbers are not going to want to overpay or, or 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 pay what they were before for a property like that because of the rates. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's going to be some good kind of long-term options, options and o- opportunities there, which we should
0: have one or two or three here in the next couple of months for you. Which I'm obviously stoked about. <clears throat> Any realtors that John gets to listen to the show, I'm, I'm in the market. Let's do it. You know, that's the exact price range you're saying. is like right around there, you know, one to win a 1.3. So yeah, I am obviously stoked and so glad to have you, you know. So something, you know, and I, I want to talk about this because, you know, I think that you were, you know, we were at a conference yesterday. I was accidentally at a conference and <laughs> just goes to show to talk about my ADHD. I, uh, you know, I show up at this conference and I run into John and I'm like, Oh, what's up, John? And I expect to see you there. Cause I see on social media, you're speaking yeah. at this thing and you're like, what are you doing here? I was like, I don't know. My wife signed me up like, and told me to show up. I don't know. I'm just here. <laughs> And it, it was this realtor and like, you know, mortgage broker, basically conference for you guys, which now when I look back, I'm like Thursday, 930 in the morning, like, how are they going to get people to this event? I was so confused, <laughs> uh, but I was really glad that not only was I able to attend because you guys were so gracious, I, there were some cool things that I took out of it, you know, and I want to hear your perspective on it because you weren't speaking on a board um, around like unwaving loyalty and like, you know, m- making sure... People are loyal, loyal people. And I would say that Chelsea and I have been very loyal with you. you know. And you were like, even when you were up there, you are like, I got a client here. We could probably answer the questions better than right. I can. Yep. And so, I mean, I'd love for you to talk about this because I think this is such an important time in I'm prefacing this. In the market where it's at right now, there's so much fear. There's so much concern about what's going to happen next. But I truly believe if you're a person that focuses us on some of the things that we're about to talk about now, I don't care if you're in a marketing company, realtor, a salesperson at, you know, Sears, I guess that's a bad example. I don't think Sears is a business (laughs) anymore. You're a salesperson at Best Buy, you know, whatever you want to put out there, like these things will still make you crush it no matter the time. Right. And it's your ability to put the people that you're helping first, you know, even above your needs. And I know that for a fact that you've done that. And so Uh, I just would love for you to elaborate a little bit on, you know, what's made your success with your people in the current time in life. Yeah. Well, I think it comes down to a few things. Um, First,
1: it makes it a lot easier when you're doing something that you love. I wouldn't still be in real estate sales today if I was just doing residential. I love helping people build businesses. I love helping people grow their, their net worth and do the things that I'm trying to do myself. And so by doing that, it, Makes it really easy to work with people on that level, and when you're doing something that you love like that, you're finding people that you work with that are fairly like minded like you, and so you just find yourself enjoying the people that you're working around. And um, people see through on th- authenticity and through um, the salesness. Like if you're if you're just somebody that is trying to make a sale, or if you have um, commission breath, what we like to say is. Uh, uh, you know, if 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 a deal feels like you're just trying to make your commission, people can see that, mm-hmm. and then they start to th- you know have doubts about working with you or what your motives are. And so, when you can take yourself out of that and not think about the commissions and really think about what is best for your client and what is going to be the best long term thing for them, they can see that. And they right. when they know that you have you, their best interests in mind they're going to trust you. Yeah. And so a lot of times I'll tell people not to do deals. I'll suggest or I'll, I'll, I'll show them things that they don't see themselves all the time because mm-hmm. I do this for a living myself as an investor and I work with hundreds. I've worked with thousands of, in, thousands of investors over my career. And um, I've gotten to learn a little bit of something from everybody, from new investors to investors with billions of dollars in assets.
0: I learned something and so I try to pass that along to all my clients. What would be your advice to, because I hear that, you know, I, I believe that my mindset when I go into sales and I work in selling business and business to business and marketing and my philosophy that I try to always make sure I'm aware of, but then our salespeople that are working with us is that the people that are looking for marketing need us more than we need them, right? So it gives that advantage of where you're not really worrying about the commission because you're going to try to put things out there where I don't want to do business with this. I don't think this is a good deal. I think you maybe need to go somewhere else, which in every bit of sense makes people come after you more, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what would be your recommendation to the person that needs the income? You know, because I, I get I get it when you're maybe where you've seen some success, you're doing all right. You know, that house, that one deal isn't a make or break for you. Right. But there's other people that are in sales positions that are on their way up, And that commission just matters so much. And I think it's harder for you at that point to remove the, Oh, it doesn't matter. I don't need that. I can give away that deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, when, when you've been at my level for a long time, of course it makes it really easy. I've been doing very, very well, um, in this business for, I mean, well over a decade. Um, And so uh, obviously when you're in that position, you, it makes it a lot easier, but there's been many times throughout my career, just because of the way that, uh, this business is, is, you know, you have ups ups and downs and when you're not the best at budgeting things, you can overspend your money. And, uh, like I've been great at doing over my career. Luckily I've been making, I've made a lot of great investments as well. So, um, that's helped, helped offset my, uh, my, uh, uh, kind of lavish spending in some ways. Um, But, uh, uh, I've been in that position where you do need the commission and it's happened in even recent years. Um, and what I always try to think when I'm in those moments is just focusing on what's important and, and really honing in on just trying to remove yourself from like that, that mindset of that need. Mm. Of course it's there, but you can't focus on it. If you focus on it, then of course it's going to be obvious. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna make it, and 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 you're just gonna make things worse. And so, if you could just focus on the deal, the client, and um, and what's important with making sure the transaction goes smoothly or solving any problems, or if it has to terminate, if you if the client trusts you, they're still gonna buy something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be delayed by a little bit, but um, there's nothing worse than dwelling on that commission, losing the deal. And then losing the client, right? And so you just have to think big picture, and you have to think long term. Um, and if you're in that moment when you know there's there's issues like that, I mean, it, it, as far as if you're a real estate agent, um, there are advances that you can actually take. There's companies out there that will do pay advances mm-hmm. for agents at a at a, yeah. a, a certain rate and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I can't speak on behalf of other careers like car sales or or. Or marketing salespeople, or anything else, but at least in real estate, there are there are some options out there. Um, but a lot of times, if you are in that position, you just have to tighten up the belt, um, reduce your spending as best you can, and and try to work through that because it's it's a wave, it's a roller coaster. I mean, sometimes it's market related, sometimes it, a lot of times it's really your actions yeah. and what you are doing. And if your actions are uh, not producing results, it's I mean, the the more you put in. The more you're going to get out, and so Truth. if you, I mean, if you're if you're putting forth effort, that's a lot better than just sheer talent. Hard work beats talent any day of the week, and so the more action, the more effort you're putting into that business, may not be immediate results, but down the road, depending on what career you're in, in real estate, it's slow. So, I mean, if I put a bunch of effort in today, I could probably go put a couple deals together. Yeah in a week or a couple weeks. right? Those aren't gonna pay out for 45 days at least. And so your actions are gonna be
0: seen, or your results are gonna be seen down the road from your actions. Yeah, Would you say that there's a difference between productive actions and unproductive actions? Because I think I find a lot of newer, or maybe not as veteran uh, salespeople, or maybe operations people, leading people, and they, they hear that word, right? They yeah. get it. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah action. And I a hundred percent agree with you, yeah. but I do believe that there are more productive actions. There are more, there are more cost benefit, you know, you know, pursuits than others. Yeah. I mean, could you maybe elaborate a little oh, bit on that? Absolutely. This is something that I've,
1: that's been very, um, impactful to my success. Um, and it's what helps people become successful in this business, no matter what. It's about relationships, and it's about relationship building. Mm-hmm. You have to meet people. You have to get yourself out there. And that's, I mean, for anybody, even very uh, extroverted people, it can be hard to just go and meet new people and 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 talk about your business and work on b- gaining a new client. But a lot of people think that just busy work is productive work. mm And so, like people just work on their Facebook, or they'll work on their website, or they'll work on mailers and tweak things, and they'll they'll do all these actions that don't produce direct results for sales. They can be supportive and um, supportive actions, but um, to actually make money, you have to do the making the money making activities, right? And that is getting clients, right? I mean, in sales, no matter what it is this business is about making friendships and relationships right that's literally a hundred percent of what you should be focused on if you don't have if you're if you're if you don't have business yeah I and mean, you absolutely need to get better at your business you should be working on improving your your strengths and skills at, as a salesperson working on or working with somebody that is great on the administrative side I always hire that out because I know what I'm good at and know right. what I'm not And what I'm good at is, is, is meeting people and building relationships. And that's, what's helped me in my
0: 13 years of, uh, of being in this business. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question that I know that that's your strength, right? Is that, um, I think it's just, I think it's the connection like right up here that is. So one thing that, I have absolutely known and I I believe in strengths as you're talking about like, you know, outsourcing what you're not good at. I know we talked a little bit about that on the last podcast, but 100% your ability to, you know, network and refer and build relationships. I mean, from the very first deal we ever did with you, there's people that we still are connected to through your relationships, which I have been grateful for. But a question that I wanted to hone in on, you know, and I'm very curious on what your thoughts are on this is when we were at the panel yesterday, and I don't want to make this about the panel, but there were certain things that were really cool about it. Is I can't remember the guy that was on, he was out in the valley, right? The farmer Dan or something. Uh, uh, he was the older guy. He's been doing it 40 years. Oh, Dan Wolf. Yeah, Dan yeah. Wolf. He's in Anchorage actually, but but he was from the valley, is what he said, yeah, okay. right? Because right. he grew yeah. up in Palmer and then right. he moved yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. But he was talking about uh, just doing life. Right, and then through doing life is how he's gotten some of the best clients. And I want to know what your perspective is on that because I think if 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 people could take anything away from it is I think they need to stop talking about what they do and trying to like put that out there on social media. Yeah. Just go do life, right? And then through the life, a byproduct of that is talking about what you do. And then that's when you get people. And I Absolutely. think people need to do more of that yep. is my thought. And I would just love your perspective on that. Cause he said that, and I thought that was profound. Like I hope people really heard that because I don't know if people do, you see so many realtors posting so much house sold this house house. I'm like, all you right. do is all you do yeah. is just sell houses. Is that yeah. you do so much more than that. Right. And it's people want that. Right, right, right. So like, what's your thoughts on that? Um
1: Okay. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um the, 'Cause I've I've been in all areas, like I've tried everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found is that the more real I am, the more authentic I am, there's just just being me has produced the best results out of anything that I can be doing. Because all I mean, because through all these things, there are all these activities I do, going to the gym or um, being involved in these other activities, you just naturally build relationships with the people that you're around and mm-hmm. that, that you're working through. And, of course, what you do comes up in conversation. And if you're not pushy about it, people ask questions and are and and try to get more information. And if it looks like you're not trying to actively just seek their business, um, trust is built and trust is formed. And, and, and they can tell that there's not an alternative motive. In today's society, it seems like everybody has an alternative motive ulterior motive mm-hmm. and is everybody is angling you know everybody and 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 so in that world like when you're just real and you're just being real and and people find out what you do and then they approach you about things it it, it lets down their guard a lot better and that's when trust and and a relationship can get formed a lot a yeah, lot and- better if you're forceful about it they they're going to see through that and and for most people and and it can just be harder to establish that relationship i think and
0: right and think about how much easier a sale is is if someone comes to you and says hey are you a realtor or hey don't you do marketing like what do you do for like what is that like what do you do that conversation both from your perspective but then also their perspective right because they're seeking you out versus yeah. you seeking them out yeah you know and this is the marketer in me right in my opinion, and I don't want to know what yours is, your social media, because you're like, I think most people on social media are just doing it for a means to an end on social media, which... if that's your case, that's great. Like I, I literally started social media to sell products. Like, I mean, hundred yeah. percent. That's why I started it. I was such a late adopter to it. That's why it's really funny that I'm a, now an owner and I manage marketing. And I sell marketing because right. I didn't open a, a Facebook account until 2014. Like, oh. I mean, we're talking, that's late for yeah. the, the yeah. early adoption, but 80% of what you do on social media should just be about your life. Right. And then 20%, it should be like talking about a product sharing something specifically to that because you're far more interesting if you just share your life not the business or the thing you do. Uh, absolutely. Um I like making people laugh
1: and feeling good. And so yeah. a lot of the stuff I post are, are silly dad jokes um yep. posts about my kids things like that just my 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 real life and on occasion I'll post something about real estate. I mean yeah. it's still how I make a living and I do like to make you know my my friends and family and everything you know just occasionally aware of that but I don't want to ever push that on people right um it, it 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 just doesn't feel right to me to to make your your social media just all about that business if you want to do that that's great make it a business account yep. I have a business account that we yep. post from um you know and, and so if people really want only that type of content you can yep. have that but on my personal stuff yeah no yeah. I just real estate is a big part of my life. So it it does show up on there on occasion, but um, I'm not defined by my job. right? Like everybody says, Hey, what do you do? And I'm like, and that's the, that's that, that defines who they are. Yeah. And that's like, that's not what I want to be about. I don't want to be defined as a real estate agent. Right. Yeah. It's like, who are you? I'm John the person with a lot of cool activities and things in my life that are, that define me. My children define me. Right. You know, my passions define me, my religion defines me, like things like that are, are, are really like, that's what makes me, me. Right. Of course, how I make money is, is obviously a huge part of my life. It's a lot of what we put our day into. Um, But, you know, I I live to work, I live, I work to live. I don't live to work.
0: Yep. So speaking about dad jokes, we got to go down this. And, you know, <laughs> if you were here for sales or business, this is not about it. So, yeah. you know, f- fast forward two minutes in this podcast, but you made a post and literally it just, it was, so, it it hits so deep to me and I want to talk about it because it's hilarious. But because Chelsea and I, just the day before we're talking about it, right? So Chelsea is a coach. She coaches, she helps the coaches at Inspire Volleyball, which is here in, the, in their competitive level volleyball, you know, you know, they basically play all year round, but 14, 50 year olds playing volleyball. Well, they listen to music as they're practicing at volleyball, right? They got a speaker set up, they're listening to music, music bumping. And, you know, Chelsea's like, Well, what do you want to listen to? And they're like, Here, give me this playlist. And it is legit like middle school, high school rap from our age, right? And it's hilarious. Let's like, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to say the songs because they're inappropriate, but it's like, you think rap songs from that time of our age, which was like, 2002 to 2006. Yeah. Like, like Dr. Dre, like (laughs) like old Eminem, like, yeah. yeah, Like little Wayne, like that, (laughs) like ludicrous. Absolutely. Um, and you made a post and it just rung so true. And it was this whole, like, I can't remember the tweet or whatever. Right. It was like, Hey dad, I want to play this music. And it's like, it's kind of underground. Right. And it was like <laughs> green day, green day. The song was green, day. The song was green and day. And like these girls think like this music is like this yeah, rap music. Right. is like, no, no, it's like, it's not listened to like, and I'm like, you have no idea. It is just, you said that and again, yeah. my ADD went there because that was like so spot on for the conversation we had the other day. It was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious when I saw that. I, I'm like, man, I'm really getting old now. <laughs>
1: this, right. is, this is crazy. Like when you're, a, when you're in that age, uh, you know, when you're a teenager and stuff, I mean, uh, you think about the music that your parents listen to um, and the older generation that they grew up with and you're like oh that's so old and and you know and you don't hear it all the time and 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 stuff and and now it's like exactly what's happening with
0: us so right it's just it's just funny being part of that cycle now yeah you know I, I luckily had people reminding me my whole life growing up i trained as a trainer trained people that were much older than me for the most part you know typically an affluent person if you're paying a lot of money for a trainer and one of the best pieces of advice i ever got from is like no matter how much older you get, you will never feel older than like 25, right? You're 25 at 55, you'll feel 25, right? In your mind. Right. And you know, what I'm, That's interesting. it is though, right? Yeah. Right. Think about it. 25 peak of your yeah. mental, how you feel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. physically, your body starts to change. You start to notice different things. And so what I'm guessing, you know, this is a, this one cuts close, you know, to the bone, but like, you know, we're getting older and you notice it, right? You see it in the mirror, you feel it what are things that you're doing to work on yourself to combat that, you know, from a mental or physical standpoint? Um, it's And it, that's something I've struggled with, yeah. uh, especially since COVID um, mm.
1: was just my mental overall health was my habits. So a big part of ADHD is we need to have routine in our life in order to have balance and, and somewhat sanity and to be able to reduce the, the, I hate to say negative effects of ADHD, because um, I I don't ever try to think of what I like, what I possess, or how I am as a negative thing. I think there's a lot of great things that ADHD has done for me and and helped in my life, um, but there's areas that it, it I struggle with compared to you know a normal person or somebody without ADHD and. Right. And having consistency and having routine are very, very important, and that's the that's what I've been working on a lot, especially in this last year, um, is that routine and the routine around healthy habits. Um, so being consistent in the gym, um, reducing uh, substance intake from like alcohol, mm-hmm. and um, and and then just and and focusing on 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 doing things at a certain time waking up at a certain time trying to go to bed at a certain time getting enough sleep you know just really prioritizing things that you know every doctor and and everybody says that is healthy for you yeah. if you can bring those pieces back to your life like right now i feel younger than i did a year or two ago nice. um just because i'm healthier i'm yeah. getting better sleep i'm working out more so my body's you know starting to get in better shape i'm i you know i've i gained almost 50 pounds since covid and mm. i still have a lot of that um uh physically I'm in really fairly good shape. I still just yeah. have my food is the biggest part that I'm I'm working on changing now um and 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 making sure that my my what I'm putting into my body is uh you know I, I have to try to get, to a, a a bigger deficit than um, uh, than I have to start actually shedding those pounds, but yep. from a physical standpoint, I, mean, I, I I work out like six days a week, and so and that just helps your mental well being yep. so much. I started doing cold plunges mm-hmm. um, a lot more frequently. Actually, I did one right before I got here. Did you get I one? Uh, no, I, I honestly, Alaska water is very cold as it is. It's like. Uh, when I recorded it with my watch, it was 45 degrees. And you just put your tub on the coldest setting. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, so you just did it in your um, tub. Yeah, it's for my well. So, yeah. I mean, it, oh, yeah. that's cold water. Oh, yeah. and, we got a well here? Yeah. 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 Um, And, it, yeah, it was under 50 degrees. And so yeah. I do three minutes of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I listen to Joe Rogan podcast a lot, and he yeah, does yeah, it yeah. quite a bit. And, yeah. Um, I used to do it a lot when I was doing Spartan races. Yeah. And just the... Uh, what it does for not only your your body but also, also your brain. Like I brain, was having some yeah. pretty good brain fog before this, mm-hmm. and I was you know kind of nervous about like how am I gonna you know am I gonna be able to
0: have good mental clarity? And then I did the the cold plunge, and honestly, I feel great now. Love it. Yeah, couple things. I mean, yeah, Chelsea and I are actually currently looking at you know because we have the whole gym set up in the garage now, and we're yeah. actually looking at making and actually like totally committing to full sauna and uh cold plunge right because there's a lot of 150 i think it's 120 to 150 degrees for like 15 minutes a day like again i think it was on the joe rogan podcast night it's bad because i don't remember the guy that was talking about it but he's he's a physiologist and he is just when it comes to like some of the things he talks about you know his big things are like cold plunges saunas mouth breathing you know yeah. eliminating those things 57 minutes a week is the number for 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 sauna yeah um and if you can get it to like 200 yeah like really that's hot like, like that. that's like cap yeah. overhead yeah. like because your brain can't take it but like yeah like i remember it was it, i think it was like if you did 30 minutes three times a week so like an hour and 90 minutes yeah like your chances of heart related and cardiovascular related, you know, symptoms and death cut in half. Yeah. And then if you were to double it again, it cut it in half again after that. And I'm, I'm like committing to that for like again, our self-preservation, right? right? Yeah. One other thing I want to talk about because we've gotten away from it, but I want to make sure that you know about it and other people because it's something that I've actually been really enjoying around this space is you're talking about waking up at the same time going to bed at the same time have you heard of these uh no sound daylight alarms have you heard of these no sound daylight alarms (sighs) yeah so they're insane so so rich froning which is Mm. one of the fittest men in the world right he was crossfit Mm. games champion he was undefeated no one ever beat him until he retired he talked, uh, uh, he talked on his social media and he was talking about combating old age. You know, now that he's not competing like that, how does he stay young as he's a dad of multiple kids and he wants to be, you know, healthy and compete with them when his their kids get older. And he was talking about the benefits of sleep, obviously getting, you know, more than seven hours of sleep at night. But then he talked about how like when you and most people, when they wake up, they get pulled out of sleep, right? They get pulled out of whatever cycle that they're in and that it just absolutely kills the recovery of your body. And he was talking about how like when if if you could sell sleep, the right amount of sleep, when you sleep, how you sleep and how you get up, it would be a controlled substance. That's how valuable it is to our body. And he started talking about daylight alarms and so I started looking into it. We got one about I don't know 3 months ago. And so what you do is you set like a go to bed time, you set a get up time and all it does is it goes on like light, right? So the go to bed light, it's a certain light. So when Chelsea and I are like watching TV in the bedroom or something, or we're hanging out reading a certain light is on, right? So it actually preps your body to go to rest. And I am telling you, I am sleeping like a baby going to bed like this. And then the cool thing is, is when you wake up, the light just starts to get on and it, it ramps up over 15 or 30 minute cycle, no sound. And you just wake up I mean, I, I've heard of that philosophy, or or
1: or doing that. Um, people having their their blinds set, like an electronic blind set, to
0: opening at a certain time. Game changer. Yeah. It, it, I am telling you, I wake up at like six o'clock, like I was eighteen years old again. Like you're doing this. I am like up, ready, energetic. I don't even need caffeine in the morning right now. Like this is the first caffeine I'm getting, and it's. Yeah. You know 12, 12, 1, mm. where it used to be like, get up, and, and there's a lot of benefits to delaying right. caffeine. Yeah, I didn't mean to go down this again, ADHD, right? We're, we're all over the place, <laughs> but like this, this alarm clock, like, I could literally sell this yeah. alarm clock as a part time job. Yeah, I'd like, probably need to implement something
1: like that. I think that would be, I think, because I've been tracking my sleep. I, what's yeah. cool about the Apple Watch is um, all the different analytics mm-hmm. that it can do for you, and one of that is sleeping. Uh, I've been, I've been looking at my REM sleep, my core sleep, and my deep sleep. That deep sleep is really where Mm -hmm. your body recovery comes into play um, and and is the most beneficial and I'm like getting like 45 minutes of that a night and it's like you need like an hour and a half, I think, or two hours of that a night. Um, so trying to figure out ways in which I can do that. I mean, y- your bed is something that you spend a third of your life in. So having the best bed possible and being the most comfortable that you can, um, you know, having the the room temperature a little bit lower uh, than the normal, a little bit cooler than mm-hmm. uh, uh, is better
0: for you for sleep, for a for, for, uh, longer sleep um, than having like a hot room. Yeah, no, I mean... All those things for us, you know, people that are doing it, I highly encourage it. Highly, highly encourage. Yeah, it. I mean, I honestly think that sleep is is more
1: important than a lot of the other things that I mean. Of course, exercise and and not over consuming alcohol and things like that are important. And really, alcohol damages your sleep cycles so so much. So, yep. uh, and and our society is, I mean alcohol being one of the worst drugs out there in the world but it's the most normal and and highly consumed drug out there um, yep. uh, is it, it's just it's just crazy how what we believe is is yep. good for you and when when things that actually help people like psychedelics uh, that can help people with PTSD and cure depression and have almost no uh, known um, uh, addictive qualities or long-term uh, negative effects are substance one. Uh, illicit
0: drugs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but alcohol, which kills forty thousand people a year in America, um, mm-hmm. is totally legal. <laughs> I mean, you said it the right thing. You know, alcohol is poison,
1: right? It is. It's not even yeah. a,
0: it is a drug that mm-hmm. poisons you. You know, yeah. and I don't think there is anything wrong with that. I like having a drink occasionally I, here and there. Like I still do. Yeah, but I think you just need to call a spade a spade, right? right? It is yeah. poison. Yeah. You know, there is no question. Like, to have a couple of drinks and go to bed, and then wake up the next day and tell me how you feel, and then you know. Dr- chug like 40 ounces of water, have some lemon, you know, maybe do like some sort of like uh apple cider vinegar shot or something before bed and then wake up the next day and tell me how you feel. What would you prefer? Right? Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Number two. Yeah. I mean, like it's just crazy when I'm not drinking, um, which is a lot
1: more frequent nowadays than it was in the past. And my sleep is just so, so much better. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people think that drinking can help them sleep better and it, you
0: might, Fall asleep, uh, but it's going to not be that core sleep. It's not going to be that deep sleep that you that you need. Yeah. You know, and I mean, tying this all back into, you know, what, what most of what we could talk about today is that, you know, uh, I, it was a Gallup poll that I read and I made a post about it just recently. But like, I think it was something close to 75 of all millionaires and above exercise a minimum of three times a week for an hour a day, right? So three hours of activity per day yeah. or per week. I mean talk about like chances of being successful. Okay, like let's add that to our plate because there's no question that if you're healthier, you sleep better, you have more energy throughout the day, you're better at building relationships, you're better at closing deals, you're better at your follow-up, you're better at all things, right? Yeah. You're a better parent and so it's such an important part that I think yeah. only a small fraction of people actually consummate to, to their success. Uh, 100%. If you look at
1: all of the most successful people out there, I mean 80% or more of them, work out frequently and a lot of them are freak athletes actually. Sure. I mean like some of the most successful people I know. Larry, yeah, for instance, who was on the podcast. I mean, that guy is on a trajectory that I could have accomplished. I had the tools to accomplish. I have right. I have the means. But I didn't have the discipline. I didn't have the fitness regimen. I was not. I've, I. don't think I've ever been as fit as Larry has. Um, even when I was doing hardcore Spartan races, um, I don't think I was in in that type of shape that he is in. Right. Um, and the guy accomplishes things that we all wish we could. Mm-hmm. And I see that with a lot of people that are that are 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 disciplined and. Um, um, purposeful about their fitness and their health. Right. and and so yeah, absolutely. if you want to become successful, you better be
0: in the gym. You better be working out and 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 getting good sleep, right? right? The crazy thing too about Larry, which I mean, I, we didn't even talk about the podcast, but it could have been on the podcast we were talking afterwards, is he looks phenomenal for his age phenomenal i I, th- I swear i don't even really know what it, how 47 old he is. he's
1: 47 yeah. 47 I, mean, I, I would you could say he's 37
0: i would have said he's yeah. our age yeah.
1: yeah i mean he has a 21 or 22 year old daughter that's so. exactly <laughs> it. i'm like yeah. are yeah. you old enough yeah. Right. yeah i think i remember yeah. i remember yeah. 20 year
0: old child i yeah. can't remember if it was 21 22 yeah. but yeah. he was yeah. saying about it and yeah. i was like what yeah like i was like wait right. how old are you because yeah. i 100 thought he was our same age right yeah. So of course, health Mm -hmm. plays such a role in that, you know, and there's, there's obviously genetics and other things, but I think it's just, I think it's important for anyone out there that if they want to, is they need to put their health first and it's, it's simple things, right? It's sleep, it's hydration, right? It's, it's so simple to drink a gallon of water a day, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, just move more, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you can do those three things, a lot of other things can, you know, be beneficial, which then trains our mind right because people like you and me we suffer with adhd and you can't tell me that your adhd is not more of like firing on all cylinders when you're on the trajectory you are right now versus like when you're maybe being lazy consuming too much tv distractions on the phone like it just it's a huge difference right um a couple things is first although if you're
1: if you're trying to get into fitness if you're just starting out um or trying to get back onto track A lot of people think you need to do all this stuff. You need to spend all this money on gym memberships or you need to spend X amount of days in the gym. And that's what really overwhelms people in getting even started. But what I like to say is just start small. Do something small. Do something for 15 minutes a day.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You don't have to go hard all the time. Just start with something simple. Start with getting 10,000 steps a day. Right. You know, instead of sitting at your desk, stand at your desk, walk around, have a have a headset if you're if you're in the office and on the phone or or doing something that you can kind of be away from a computer. Just walk around, yeah. You know, do something little every single day, and then start to build that up, and 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 you'll start feeling better over time. And but start small, yep. and then build on that.
0: I mean, I always I'm always poo-poo and kachooing on people when uh, they'll tell me that they're doing something. Yeah, right. You know, obviously. Mm-hmm big health background, you know, fitness person myself. And they'll tell me they're doing something. I'm like, oh, how long you been doing it? And they're getting great results. And I don't want to ever put someone down. But my next question after I ask how they're doing is, could you do that the rest of your life? Are you going to do that the rest of your life? And my absolute single best piece of advice is if your answer is no, quit doing it. That's That's
1: been a huge piece for me because, I, because what I just said is, Is something that I really didn't believe before I was, I was the guy that would always have to go really hard at first. It's all or nothing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, an aspect of ADHD is, is that we'd have to do that. And, I feel like I've gotten in a really good place and I'm on a really good trajectory. Yes, I'm still significantly overweight for what my body type should be. My body fat index is still fairly high, but it's because I'm not taking super super dramatic or drastic measures to just cut a ton of t- a ton of weight. Yep. I'm trying to live a healthy lifestyle that I can live forever. Right. And of course, weight loss is going to happen from that, but um, you know, uh, I'm once I get to that place, my once I get to my weight I'm not going to have to change very much just to maintain. Yep. And so right now, yes, I have to do more of a deficit type, uh, um, uh, you know, fitness routine. But once I get to that that place where I'm I'm happy with, right. I mean, maintaining is just going to be so natural and day to
0: day because I'm not being dramatic about it this time. And I think that the part that people don't understand is they develop discipline over a period of time, right? Yep. It, I don't care if it's ten thousand steps like you're talking about, <sighs> sleeping seven hours a day. If you do it long enough. It becomes something that you believe you can do. Right. The problem with the all or nothing people, you know, and this could be anything. It could be sales. It could be fitness. Is they say I'm going to do two times a week. You know, I'm going to do two a days, five days a week. I'm going to do this and this and this, and they do it for a period of time, and they're probably pretty dang successful. But the minute they stop doing that, they give up on themselves because they didn't form the discipline. And what is a great testament to me is. I'm still in probably close to the best shape of my life. And I work out like two days a week. Yeah, And someone could say, Ken, it's your genetics. Ken, it's all that. I mean, I just, I didn't have a baby. My wife had a baby and we grew through that. There's like dads gain a lot of weight during that statistically. But you know what I did is I still did push-ups. I still did squats. I still drank water. I still watched how much I was eating bad food consistently. It was because discipline was developed yeah. over 10, 15 years right. Me being a health professional and just sticking to those basics, yeah, which allowed, allowed me to stay yeah. in not in amazing shape but good shape. Yeah, I, I'm definitely
1: the guy that that did exactly what you said. I failed three or four times, right. you know, I would get on fantastic track of, yep. of fitness, and I felt like it's something, yes, I can continue doing, but no, I, I was pushing myself way too hard. Right. And uh, when I stopped, I stopped, I stopped everything, I'd stopped. <laughs> Going to the, I'd go from going to the gym six, seven days a week to no days a week. Right. Now I'm, uh, I am going six days a week right now, but You're I'm true. not doing the things that are, are, right. are, are, are extreme right i'm making my i'm I, I look forward to going to the gym every day and it makes me feel great and it makes my
0: day my day's routine and 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 my actions right. just get a lot better i mean i have nothing against especially because i'm really proud of what you're doing right now right you're you, what may is kilimanjaro right so next yeah. month yeah so you're training for a specific purpose which is amazing you just have to make sure that after that purpose is fulfilled What's the next discipline? What's the next routine of consistency? Because I come from a health and fitness world. What did we see a lot of? Bodybuilders. A lot of people you know, getting in great shape. Like I can't tell you how many girls I saw get in the best shape of their life in their 30s, 40s, some in their 50s, but then get to the worst shape of their life 18 months after it. And it was because they were trained for a specific purpose, crushed it, but then they didn't know what the discipline was to continue afterwards. And without that focused discipline, they didn't believe in themselves mentally and then they fell off and then they got into a terrible place and then it becomes a a reverse vacuum. That's sucking you away from where you want to be. Yeah.
1: Um, so that happened to me back in 2017. Um, at end of 2017, I just finished my fourth Spartan race. Uh, it was the beast race. It was at big bear mountain in Southern California. You start at 72 or 7,300 feet elevation. I mean, for one, I never trained at that elevation. Just, just walking around was, was, uh, a, a bunch of effort at, at that elevation. Um, but then you go up and down the mountain for 15 and a half miles, um, covering 50 different obstacles, uh, uh, ranging from climbing, you know, 30 foot ropes to uh um uh, elevation changing monkey bars so monkey bars are low and then you gotta go hide and, and uh, you know across a, a big mud pit um and and that took over five and a half hours it killed my body and then after that i didn't have another goal i stopped working out mm. and then from 2018 2019 I, you know i just started gaining weight and then covid happened and mm. then, you know and and I what I said like every a lot of people are like oh during COVID I'm again the best shape ever, um, but honestly no I didn't I I let um, the situation I let the the like what was happening in the world which is completely out of my control right. get to me and I you know I overconsumed alcohol I I didn't focus on my fitness and you know I'm paying for that now and what I took from that is anytime I go through a hard time in my life which I've had many. I always try to learn something from that because what's the purpose of having a hard time in your life if you can't make it, if you can't make your life better because of it, right? If you can't learn something positive out of that. And what I took away from that is I need to stop having these individual goals that I'm, that, that I set for myself, uh, to be able to achieve what I want to do physically. I want to have different goals. So for me, like I'm doing Kilimanjaro, but that's not the end. I got a lot of other things that I want to attain and I want to go towards. Um, but that's all part of a longer journey for mm-hmm. me that is more self-reflective on like what I want to, or who I want to be and how I want to live the rest of my life. I want to, uh, you know, m- my parents are, are not fit at all. Um, that, I mean, ever since I was younger, they were, uh, fairly overweight and, didn't live and don't live healthy lifestyles and they couldn't participate in sports with us kids. Um, they wouldn't be as involved with things, um, just because, you know, their energy levels were so low Mm -hmm. and things I learned from my childhood, I, I didn't want to bring to my children I wanna mm-hmm. I wanna I want to be an active father I want to be somebody that is there for them and can do things with them and go hiking with them and and have the energy to be able to keep up with these little balls of energy mm-hmm. and so like my lifelong picture now is 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 focusing on everything that fitness brings to right. uh brings benefit to and it's not just
0: just doing these Spartan races which I'm gonna start doing Spartan races again but good yeah yeah You know, something that I use a lot and, you know, if any of my employees are listening to this is I always use the phrase, use it and then lose it, right? Like you're going to have downs, you're going to have failures, use it, but then you got to have the shortest term memory loss and lose it, right? Because if you hold on to it, it could be an anchor that's going to hold you down and not allow you to free up where you want to go, you know? And I I totally agree. Like, and the kids are just like the greatest perspective ever, you know? And so I'm grateful for it, you know, and Chelsea and I weren't actually, you know, knowing if we were going to have kids or not. But like, I think of this time when we were in Hawaii. So us and our friends, Nick and Whitney went to Hawaii when the girls were really pregnant. Like Chelsea and Whitney were like, I don't know, like seven months, six and a half, seven months pregnant. So it was like right before you couldn't travel anymore. And it was like, hey, we're going to get one little fun time in the sun in Hawaii before the kids are here. And I remember seeing when we were at one beach, this dad that was like sitting on the beach and the daughter is like pulling on him, wanting to go run and play. And she's running. And and the dad just was like not into it, you know? And I was so grateful for that moment, right? Cause I do believe there's, you know, I'm also, you know, a faith believer. I believe in God moments, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking about what is it like going to gonna be to have a kid? You know, what are, what am I going to be, you know, now that I'm going to be a father, because all that changed the minute you find out that oh, you're a yeah. kid's on the way, right? Yeah. You know that, I mean, yeah. in a way you're we'll almost turning it. into parent brain, you know, before the kid's even here, obviously mm-hmm. once it's here, it changes drastically. Yep. But, I knew for a fact that I was going to be healthy enough to run circles around my kids until they run circles around me. And you better believe I'm going to be as competitive as impossible. I don't care if I'm 50. I don't care if I'm 60. I'm going to be competitive. And I'm going to set that standard for them, you know, because I'm the same as you. Yeah. My parents are not healthy. And I was a kid that learned what not to do from my parents. You know, and I love my parents. I, I still have a good relationship with them, but I think it's it's again call it what it is a spade a spade. And I think that there's a lot of times that I think kids have to just learn what not to do from their parents. Would you say you agree with that? Yeah, I mean that's a lot of the framework around who I'm trying to be
1: and who I'm working on to be is because of, uh, of things I learned not to do from, uh, you know, from my dad and and my family. And I, you know, I, you always see that photo, um, uh, of, and this is my, this isn't my father, but this was a great, a great example. Like you saw two brothers standing next to each other and one was super successful, wealthy, had everything going for him. And he says, it's because my dad was an alcoholic and then his brother, right next to him, is uh, uh, you know a homeless person living on the streets and 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 down on life. And he said, "It's because my dad was an alcoholic." Mm-hmm. The difference between the two was mindset, right? And then they took that mindset and made choices, right? And so, I mean, you can take the world is not going to give you anything, and you are not entitled to anything. You have to go and earn it, and you have to make a choice on what on what you want your life to look like. Of course, there's things outside of your control, but, you know, if you focus on the things you can control, on the actions you can take to try to better yourself, I don't, I mean, I, I'd i be hard to press to find anybody that didn't focus on, on, on the things that they can control and do and, and be, and, and, and. Put hard work and effort, and even if they're not the smartest person right. in the world, like I'm far from the smartest person I know. Like most of the time, I walk in a room, I am probably the least intelligent person in that room. But I've worked hard, and I've and I put forth effort. and And so, find me anybody that is willing to put in the effort. It doesn't matter what type of uh, life obstacles that they have. It doesn't matter what the life is life is putting
0: at them. It, it'd be hard pressed to say that they couldn't be successful or that they yeah. wouldn't be successful in some way hundred percent. And even if you can't control it, you can control your mindset. You can control the way you respond. I have a great story that I like to tell to to, to prove this point. And I know that I used to be surrounded by people that were way better at this than me. And it was a great framework for me to learn this. But it was this situation where I, this is when I worked at the Alaska Club. And I used to go to, I used to be doing a lot of work at the Alaska Club West. You know, and there's a front parking lot and there's a back parking lot. Well, uh, I parked at the back parking lot, which I never park at the back parking lot. Um, and I just bought my new truck at the time; it was like 2017, 2018. I just bought my brand new truck, and I parked in the back. And I, you know, I go in for work in the day, and I come out. And crazy enough, I just actually had to terminate an employee. And I come walking on my truck, and I literally have like a key from the very front to the very back, just completely down to like the the base of the, the truck. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I like go back into there. I was like, cause I was thinking, did not employee that I just do this too. It was not a, it was not a clean break. It was, you know, it was not a good situation. And then like, we find out it was just a homeless person that literally walked by my truck with a screwdriver and scratched my truck to the back. And there was like four or five employees that are right here. And one of them are good friends of mine. They live in Arizona now. And he was an employee of mine. And he, I, was he, I was like, gosh, dang it. I was like, completely my fault. What a dodo. I remember that because he's told this story and I remember the story because he's told it so many times with other team meetings. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, it's completely my fault. I'm the one that parked back there. Could have parked in the front. I could have just chose to do that at a different time when there's maybe not as many homeless people around. But it's my fault that I parked back there. I should have parked somewhere else. Again, could it have happened somewhere else? Yes. But then I'm in control of that. I parked there. I chose to park there. It's my fault. not theirs. And I remember Thad just being so mind blown based on that ownership. And I was like, but it just makes sense because I feel completely at peace because yeah, I got to pay some money, but it's just money. Like, and again, we have some money so we can say that, but still like, it's not the end of the world. Right? It's your choice to park there. It was your choice to do that. The action happened. And
1: I mean, you can either just beat yourself up about it or, or just be like, Hey, what can I do differently to make sure that it doesn't happen again or whatever. But yeah, I mean, obviously that, you know, it happened and, um, you know, it, yeah, you, you absolutely took the right choice and the right mindset and it saved you a lot of grief. I mean, cause you you control your mindset and, and yeah, you can let it get you down. But totally. I remember, I remember uh, a guy had a brand new truck. It was a brand new, like Denali. It was gorgeous. This was back when I was in the army national guard and, um, we were at this event and, uh, it was wintertime and there was this teenager doing like donuts in the yep. parking lot. We walk outside and we see this kid and he just spins out control and rams right into this uh uh this guy's brand new truck and 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 damages it and we're all like, oh my gosh, this sucks like man, oh man, your brand new truck blah blah and the owner of the truck was like, what am I going to do? I mean, right. Like He's like, you know, it, it's an accident and it happened. And he just had the, he had a better mindset than we did. And, we're the, and yours, we weren't so even affected by it. Right. Yeah. And it, and so it just goes to show like, I mean, you know, bad things happen. Things happen. Right. And so what happens
0: afterwards is your choice. Yeah. You know, no, it's so funny that you say that story because that's exactly how Thad responded. He was like, I mean, he wanted me to be upset and I just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. But I think that mindset comes from a place of experiencing just a lot of potential negativity. Cause I do believe that people see something and they're like, I don't want to be like that. Right. I want to be like this, Mm -hmm. you know, or they're like, I see that. I don't like that. You know, like that was a lot of my experiences at Botter New as a company, I saw a lot of the ways not to run a company, so I was like, okay, this is how I want to run a company you know and so I took advantages of that. So I mean I, I don't know if that you know reigns true for you or do you find that there was a, a foundation that you saw that made you go a different direction? Well,
1: I, I think that um, just kind of jumping back to what you're you're talking about, like the having negative ex- experiences and stuff I we as humans learn the most out of negative experiences true a lot better than positive experiences Mm -hmm. out of positive experiences. You don't really gain anything from it, except that something good happened through that. But it's the negative things that like people run away from, from pain and fear a lot more than they run towards pleasure and happiness. Right. Um, it's just a weird psychological thing that, you know, transpires with humans for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, I think through, through experiences that are, are negative, um, you know, it, it can produce, a, you know, a lot better type of people, people that have gone through hardships, I think that, um, you know, tend to change the world a lot more than the ones that were just handed things, you know, yeah. like, like you, your, your multimillionaire uh, trust fund kid that, um, you know, versus somebody that grew up poor and in, in, you know, in, in hardships, but they decided to work hard enough to get out of that and, and
0: have bigger impacts a lot of times. Uh, I think think Rockefeller said that the the greatest gift could be being born to poverty. Right. Yeah. I I, I, I know a lot of people disagree with that, but I'm pretty sure Rockefeller said that that could be the greatest gift is being born. And someone can fact check it. We can look at it for, but I'm pretty sure that was John D Rockefeller that said the greatest gift could be being born into poverty. So I grew up in a very poor household. Um, My Mm -hmm. grandfather
1: was wealthy. My, uh, he was very successful here in Alaska, built a lot of buildings in Alaska and, and was very impactful. So he was like my hero growing up. Um, he passed away when I was 13, but during the late eighties, the reason that my family is in Alaska is because um, uh, my grandfather, who is older at, even in the, in the eighties, he was, you know, late sixties, early seventies. And, you know, he already had his lifelong, uh, like a lifelong career in business. Uh, we had the worst recession we've ever seen in Alaska. Yeah, I mean, 80s, it, yeah. it's, it, it, it was worse than the Great Depression in America right, for right. a lot of for, for Alaskans. I mean right. um, he lost he went from like a twenty million dollar net worth to nothing. In the in the eighties. In the eighties. Yeah. Twenty million dollar net worth in the eighties. I mean that's gotta be a couple hundred that, million yeah, now, that's, at least. That's that's nine figure net worth. <clears throat> yeah. And and then he lost it. Um, because I mean, what happened in Alaska, if you don't know about yep. this, is it was absolutely detrimental. I mean, we lost like 70% of jobs. Like I think like 70% of housing was vacant, right? Like right. It, it was, it, it, the, the effects on the economy were astronomical. So, um, at, because of that, my family, we grew up poor, my, my both, neither of my parents had college degrees and they didn't have cr- like real set careers. Um, and so, uh, I grew up in a, in a like in a poor family of six kids. So yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how much money you make unless you're a multimillionaire. Uh, six kids is a lot of mouths to feed and and very expensive to to uphold. So um, we grew up below. I mean, probably at, at or above the poverty line, maybe. Right. Um, but my parents were bad at, at money management, so uh, th- you know that probably made it feel like we were in that poverty. Type cycle. I mean, I grew up living in trailer parks and small apartments with eight people. Um, and because of that, that made me want to never be there. Um, I, I never wanted to have to think about where, how I'm going to provide food for my kids or have to provide, you know, have to get on WIC programs. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of WIC, women in care. My mom, uh, would get, would get like stipends for food food and, and groceries. And, um, I never wanted to be in that place. I want to provide and be also because of uh their income levels, they'd have to work all the time. The jobs that they had are were not high-paying jobs and so both of them had to work nearly full-time. Wow. Um and so for part of my childhood, even though I was raised by two parents, sometimes it felt like I wasn't at all. Yeah. Um, I, on it, I was the oldest of six. Um, so I actually, a lot of times I, I would be the parent and I would be, um, helping raise my siblings and watching them for most of the, most of the time after like 10, like I remember when I was 10 years old watching my siblings alone. Um, and thinking back on that now, like, wow, well, I would never let my 10 year old or any yeah. other 10 year old watch, uh, somebody younger. Right? Cause you have a couple brothers, right? I have three brothers and two yeah. sisters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've met both brothers. Two of the three, yeah. I have met but, Matthew, and then the other one I can't remember. That was like living with Matthew at some point. Or Michael. Michael, Michael, yeah, yeah, yeah. I met Matthew and Michael, mm-hmm. and so okay, okay, okay. Continue. Sorry, I just I just wanted to confirm. Yeah, I mean, so uh, growing up in that lifestyle, I just always knew that
1: whatever I had to do to not be there. That's what I wanted to do. So I learned Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, I learned a lot of what nots to do's um, from my parents, from my father, particular on. And, and so it kind of, I mean, that shaped my life in the way that it is today. And so I, I mean, honestly, I I need to thank my father for showing me all those examples, you know? And so the people that you're raised by, you really set the examples, whether it's positive or negative. And, but how you come out of that is really up to you. Right. You know, there's, I've, five siblings and we're all different as far as where we're at in our aspects of life. And it's because we've chose to, to use what we've learned in different
0: ways. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and how it affects us. And yeah, I think, you know, hearing that and I can't tell you how grateful I am for you just sharing even that, you know, with your parents, um, there's so many similarities. Like it's, it's insane. Like, you know, I know that, you know, we like each other, friendship there, that just, we just, we both have known that, right? We've right. talked about yeah, that yeah. over even the last yeah. couple months. And to hear that be what you had, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, listen to this similarities. So, you know, both my parents are still together, you mm-hmm. know, uh, for better or for worse. I'll mm-hmm. say that. You know, they they come from a different mindset than I think mm-hmm. of people now. And that's not to say that I support, you know, divorce or, you know, I don't support divorce. But, like, they've been together and they've stuck it out. And that, that was a good example. But, like... No my dad worked on the North slope, right? Mm -hmm. So two weeks on, two weeks off. And then he was a hunting guide on top of that. So, you know, two weeks on, two weeks off, but then hunting season when you're hunting guide is like, you're going up somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. My dad's a pilot, right? So he flies out and he's gone like September to like November, right? So that's all his vacation plus the six months off. So I really only saw my dad a couple months of every year. Yeah. Yeah. For the better part of my life yeah yeah and so I was raised by one parent instead of two they were there, but it was so hit or miss right right so to yeah. hear that same yeah. similarity is insane but it makes me think like when I'm talking about parents right and and kids and how do kids take it away from it Will Smith had a really popular video a while back you know he kind of got in the motivation game I feel like he was doing like social media stuff and he talked about the comparisons between fault and responsibility right it's no kid or child's fault that a a parent is, was abusive, but it is their responsibility to figure out how to take that and deal with that and then go do something with it in the world. Right. If it is, Hey, abusive parent X, thanks for showing me all the ways not to be a parent. Right. Or not to be a human. I'm grateful for that. I'm going to own that, you know, take ownership in that, like we were talking about earlier and then go apply that. And I will say that similar things in my life definitely made me go in that operation. Yeah. I mean, that was a big motivation for me to be successful.
1: Um, I, you know, I worked all of my twenties, like 60, 80 hours a week, just so that when my did my kids did come, I could spend a lot le- more time with them. And mm-hmm. thankfully, and and that's you know that set me back as far as my business and long term goals. But looking back, like there is nothing I'd change about that because I, I even now I actually feel like I didn't have enough time with my kids, but I. I spend more time with my kids than ninety percent of fathers get to, just because of my uh, being self-employed yep. and um, and having and creating that flexibility with having worked so hard in my my earlier years to you know be able to afford that. You know, and it's not a it's not something that you know everybody gets to experience. But I think that's one of the great things about trying to achieve success is being able to buy back your time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think money is is only good for what it can do for you in your life. And, right. uh, you know, a lot of people put a negative aspect on, on people that are, are, you know, money hungry. Money China hungry. China, yeah, yep. it, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think money, all it does is, is, is amplify who you already are. Correct. And if you're somebody that is a giving person and a caring person and, and you're going to do good things with that money. And for me, like, that's not only been able to help me be able to give back to my community and be able to and be able to do things that I'm passionate about for people, but it also bought me time. I, time is our most valuable thing, and and one of the best ways I could ever be a leader or um, uh, and the most impact that I can ever have is on my children. And mm-hmm. and so spending you know as much time with them as they're when they're growing up is 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 something that is
0: very very important to me. Yeah, I was I was talking to, to Chelsea about this. And I, I'm willing to bet, you know, Jordan's what, 16 months old and I love my dad. I have a, I am very fortunate that I have a great relationship with my dad. My dad and I are very close. I talk to oh, him great. regularly now. Uh, that was something that took time, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you just didn't yeah. know who he was with that much time he was gone. Yeah. But there's no question that I've spent more time with Jordan in her 16 months of life that probably than my dad's probably spent in my first 16 years of life. Yeah, when you really think about it, right? right. Yeah. You know, and he might feel a different way. And again, I, there's no, there's no, you know, again, I own all this, right? You know, in my relationship, but like there's so much life past those child years. Yeah. And I think it's for us, you know, is not only do I want to have that time with them when they're, when they have to be with us, yeah. I want them to choose to be with us after that. And I think you have to be a parent, like you're talking about being right now to be able to afford that opportunity. Yeah. Cause as we get older, we're probably going to spend less time with friends and probably spend more time with family. The, true, but um, the older our children get, the
1: less time we're going to have with them. The less Correct. time they're going to want to spend with us. Yes. You know, as they, they start to develop friendships and they get into the teen years, they don't want to hang out with dad and nope. mom as much as they do right now. Right now, we are, I it, we are their freaking world. Yep. Like mom and dad, we are like. All they the want to be the coolest people in the world. It, we are. I'm, I am the coolest person. Right. I'm the strongest. Yep. My kids get think it. I'm the strongest guy in the world. Yep. They think I'm the funniest guy in the world. It's they think amazing. I'm I'm their superhero. Right. I want to be that for the rest of my life. And so, how do I do that? Is a huge. Is something I think about every flipping day. I agree. And uh, and so like right now, like I. I was just with my kids right before this, I'm going to, I'm, I mean, I got some work I got to do after this, but I just keep thinking about how much time can I,
0: when can I squeeze in some extra time with my kids that, right. you know, throughout, throughout a, a normal workday work week, you know? Yep. yep. I've started, uh, my nanny, we have an amazing nanny. She is incredible. She works from home here and she actually gave me the idea to have, cause I do work from home a lot of days Yeah. to actually block out time and have lunch with Jordan mm. every day. Yeah. And I've started to do it. She loves it. I, I love it, yeah. you know, and that makes a big difference. But I read a stat that this was mind-blowing. I don't remember what source it was from, but from the age of zero to 18, the average parent has spent up to when that kid graduates high school, 87% of the time with that child of its life. How profound is that? Yeah. That yeah. is insane. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I asked the same exact question. And I I mean. This is a huge shout out to Chelsea and her family. Chelsea's favorite people outside of myself and her child is her parents. No. She's over there right now. Okay. She's at yeah, her parents. That's awesome. Like I go on a work, I go on a yeah. work trip, I'm gone for a week, you know where she spends literally every waking hour she doesn't want to be home because yeah. it's like lonely. Right. She goes and spends the time with her parents.
1: That's literally my dream for my kids and me.
0: Hundred like, percent. I,
1: I want them to. Ha- I want to be able to have that relationship with them later on, and then when they have kids, like you know, I get to have that grandkid time and, and stuff. And that's what's sad about the relationship that me and my father have. Yes, yeah. my he doesn't see them as much, Mm-mm. and he sees them on, on occasional holidays and stuff like that. Uh, um, you know, obviously, it's something I I really need to put a lot more effort into building back up you know here in the future i want them to have a relationship with their grandfather um and 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 stuff so uh you know again yeah it's like what can i do to to mend the relationship um you know you can only do so much on one side right but, um yeah yeah i know i know that there's more that i could be doing to to make sure that you know that that, that he has that relationship cuz regardless of what me and him went through it's i i, I think that he deserves
0: to you know be a yeah. bigger part of my kids lives I'm no therapist. You know, yeah. there's people you can talk to for this, you know, but yeah. given me being another side, you know, the person that I have to struggle with is my mom, you know, yeah. and I don't know if it was because I had so much time with her. She was the only disciplinary person all that time. But as I've gotten older, it's harder to have a relationship with her. And um, I know that I want to just encourage you is when you do open that door back up, no matter how it goes, it's not your fault however it turns out, right? You just have to be able to protect yourself from that because I know that Mm -hmm. I have, you know, gotten to a place where like, okay, I need to bring it back in. And then when I do it, it drains me. I get unmotivated, almost like depressed and it's really hard, right? And I have to work myself back out of bringing that person back into my life. Okay. Why did I do that? That was a mistake. And what I have found here in the most recent, since I've had kids is that, it's okay that I feel that way and it's not my fault, which then has given me more belief to invest in it more, which has actually made the relationship the best it's ever been. Yeah. Right. Just to, yeah. cause I would, I get defensive. Like, why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. I feel terrible. And it was just all bad. Right. Mm-hmm. But then the minute I'm like, okay, it's not my fault. Right. Mm-hmm. This is not a normal situation and I'm just going to let this be what it is. Honestly, it got better. Yeah. Well, yeah. well that's great. So, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting one. Is there anything when it comes to that, you know, you're talking to a kid that maybe has things that are outside of their control, it's maybe their parents, it's, you know, what were some other things that helped galvanize who you are to be where you are now today? The biggest thing for me
1: growing up was really focusing on goals um, and what I wanted to accomplish. Um, you know, I had this idea of where my life would be... Uh, you know, as a younger person, which changed over the years. And that does for everybody. And if you don't know where you want your life to be, that's fine. Or what you want to do, that's fine. I mean, take the time to, to learn that and grow that. I, I feel like I looked into my career and where I'm at um, and was shaped by it somewhat from my family, my grandfather being a, a builder and developer. And so that kind of sparked my interest in real estate um, in general, but The big thing is like focusing on goals on where you want to be in life, and then, and and not so much like on that career piece. Because even when I was building those goals, and when I was in the army, and 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 putting together this vision board that I had, Mm -hmm. um, which I didn't even know about vision boards, I just I just knew I wanted to accomplish these certain things, and so I put them to get down on paper, and uh, you know, I had little little. cutouts for magazines on, on the just different goals I wanted to accomplish. Um, I did, it was none of that was focused re- directly around a career goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was just having a vision of what my life what I want my life to look like and what do I want to accomplish. And then from there, you know, once you have that goal, then you can, then you can start taking action steps to achieving it. And the, another big thing is having mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been lucky to have quite a few mentors in my life that have helped been able to shape my life. I think that everybody out there, no matter what you do, you need, people need therapy or life coaching Mm -hmm. and they need they need, they need, uh, mentors. You need Mm -hmm. that. Those two things are like the most important things enabled in, in helping you achieve long-term success, both in your interpersonal life and your, and your, your, the life that everybody else
0: sees, you know, the, um, the visual life, you know? Yeah. What do you suggest for people that once they've set those goals, they've created that vision board, they have a support system of mentors, friends, coworkers, and they start reaching their goals what's your advice to them build new ones get get
1: new new goals cuz i think every every chapter of life is something different and mm-hmm. something and i think that people our bodies are designed to be able or our brains are designed to 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 keep moving forward. I think that's one of our, one of the benefits and one of the drawbacks. I think it's the reason that technology is advancing faster than we've ever known, which could be the downfall of our, of (laughs) humanity potentially. Um, But we as humans were designed to just keep innovating and keep moving Mm -hmm. forward. I mean, you look at, look at every other species of, of animal and plant. They're not, Doing new things. They're not building new things. You know, like giraffes are still eating, uh, you know, leaves off high trees, and and you know, lions are 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 still you know preying on, on 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 prey in in the Sahara. Like they're living the same life that they always have. Right. But we as humans, we can't do that. We can't stay still. We can't right. stay stagnant. And so we always have to have something new and and a new purpose. Right. People like I've heard that uh, saying that when 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 specifically men retire, uh, that they usually die in five years. Right, it's because they lost their passion and they lost their purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I think just continuing to have that next goal and that next vision and 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 what you want after that goal is achieved is is important in continuing to move your life forward and and. And having something to look forward to and be
0: excited about. Yeah. You know? I, I can't remember where I heard it, but, you know, when you said that about like a giraffe, right, or even a tree, you know, that's a living thing, you know, mm-hmm. in a way is that the one difference between, and this is like a devil's advocate to what you're saying here. So it's, it's a slightly different perspective. I agree with everything you're saying is that humans are also the only thing, you know, being on this world that will do less than what they possibly can true a yeah. tree will grow yeah. as yeah. tall as it possibly yep. can mm-hmm. a lion will hunt to feed its family as the best it can until it dies right a gazelle will run as fast as it can to get away from it and eat what it is because it will do everything it can to survive yeah and so i think that's you know where where our society is right now right because i think you have a certain percent of people that are doing everything they can possibly can and crushing it and then you have a lot of people that are doing so far less than they possibly can and for some reason making up reasons why they're not crushing it. Right. Yeah. They're just they're just
1: living. Yeah. They're just alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's that purposeful driven life, like yeah. you talked about, and yeah. being in it. And another thing too that I'm wondering, you know, is that always been something that I've focused on is I agree with the resetting goals. I also agree with setting goals that you may never not achieve. And I know that's maybe a little of a, you know, a dis, like a I don't controversial statement, right? Like, but I think it's important to have something that pushes you so far that you might get to a place that you never knew you were going to get to, right? Because I think I think Les Brown said it right. Like the the biggest problem in life is people setting goals, you know, to a certain point and hitting them versus yeah. setting so, goals so high and then you miss. Yeah, you know, and I, I I've done my best to try to, you know, do that. Uh, I know I walk through that with this, like you know, it's been a goal of mine for a long time get a house on a lake, get a boat, and surf serve, yeah. serve seven days a week. Right. Well, when the house came, I was like, man, that can actually happen faster than I thought. Right? right. Okay, what else? No, no, bigger goals. And so mm-hmm. I had to go through that myself
1: as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, there's the, the cliche saying like, Shoot for the, shoot for the stars. And even if you shoot for, the, for moon, the moon, even if you miss, you hit the stars. Yeah. Which you're honestly, in the stars. The stars are a lot harder to hit than, right. than, than the moon is, but, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the higher that you can set that, that, um, that objective or that goal, um, generally you can accomplish more than what you thought if you just, you know, set the bar a lot lower. Right. So yeah, I, I, I've always, I think that a lot of my successes come from the fact that I set a high standard or a high goal and I don't let anybody else say that I can't accomplish that. Mm -hmm. Like some of the things I've been able to accomplish in my real estate career, very few, if any people have ever been able to do it and be able to sustain it for a long period of time. Um, Just because I like, I, didn't ever believe that i I didn't put a limiting belief on myself that Mm. i
0: i i couldn't do what other people's just can't right because they won't right well i mean again you know we both live a life where we didn't have it in our lives right yeah you know it it was amazing just getting different perspectives of people on the podcast and they have different foundations right like listening to buddy talk at buddy bailey right and talking about like can you imagine having his dad in like the business and everything? Like, and don't get me wrong, like the whole, like his dad's doing his business, he's doing that. But like thinking about like having that foundation of that type of business person literally every day. Like, I just think about that. I'm like, man, that could have been valuable, you know, but obviously there's downfalls that he could probably say that were about it too. But just giving a life where you didn't see business like that, right. or you didn't yeah. see leadership like that. It's a, it's, it's a very interesting, you know, case study, if you will. Yeah. What's cool about Buddy is, um,
1: you know, uh, he grew up in, uh, you know, a, fa- a, fa- a family that, you know, w- like had more than than others others for for sure you know and i don't know when that came about i don't you know i don't know all of the details on that but like somebody that has that you know i don't know how he was raised but i from looking at from my perspective it's like man that guy he could have been super lazy and he could totally you know rode the coattails of his father his family's business um but man buddy's one of the hardest working
0: people i know Uh, And And his heart, man, like his heart for his people is insane. Right. And you got to think that seeing his parents work hard for something, right. Probably instilled that in him. You know, maybe he saw, Hey, dad's doing this. I need to do that. You know, you know, but I totally agree. Like, I mean, what he's doing and how hard he works and how focused he is on his kids and his wife Mm -hmm. is it's so admirable. And what he's building is his own. Like it's, it, it, it's not like his,
1: his father just handed him something. No. His father handed him nothing. Nothing. In fact, right. Like he had I to do a whole bunch yeah. before his father would even uh, come to the table. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Know? I think, I think his other, other employees at the company probably had better opportunities than he had directly. Right. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's definitely somebody that, you know, I, I uh, look up to and and totally. love calling my friend and, you know, that people like that, um, people like yeah. him, Larry, other, other people that I've I've been referring this way. I've been so excited about doing this Yeah, just because I actually get to learn more just by listening to these uh, episodes that you're putting together with with people that I really care about. Um, But uh, yeah, when I did that first podcast, I was like, man, who do I know that would just like be so valuable for other people to hear from and have different perspectives on? And so I'm, you know, I'm as
0: excited about you, uh, I think, as you know, for this podcast. So yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's just so cool, you know, I, but I will say like when you hear buddy's story, when you hear my story, when you hear your story, my perspective is, is that there, we do have inherent benefits and I believe one of them is having two parents, you know, having two different perspectives, having two, I know that happens already with me and Chelsea. I'm sure you've seen it with you and Kelsey, like just two different perspectives for that child is such a benefit. And I just, I hope more people understand that. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's
1: uh, everybody like, so for with my, with my kids, like, you know, Kelsey does things one way and, and, and I do things another way. And right. I think that it's a, a, a really important dynamic for, for kids to, to have um, in their lives. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it is a huge thing that's happening today in society is a lot, lot less, uh, Two parent households happening, right. um, you know, uh, and and I think that you know, and whether or not people are divorced or whatever, like I think that both parents need to be involved. I mean, whether you're you're, you're separate of that or you co-parent together or whatever it is, um, you know, the more involved we are in in our children's lives, the better future are are
0: we're going to have as a society and as a people and as a country. Yeah. My sister, she's older than me and she's uh, a mom of three and mm-hmm. she's divorced. She's been divorced for several years yeah. now. And that's exactly what they do is they have a yeah. very healthy co-parenting relationship. Mm-hmm. And I still would say that that is a, you know, what the kids need, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not disparaging or saying like, no, stick in an abusive relationship. Because, you know, I, I yeah. know there's someone that yeah. could be on here and yeah. be like, are you saying stick in abuse? No, like mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, is you need two perspectives leading that people. And it's like all perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think two very close friends could shine, like say two moms that both have a kid could literally show up in a co parenting way right. and literally like, yeah. Hey, let's live in a house together. Like I'm even saying that like you have to be able to have two perspectives. It could be two moms, could be two dads. It could be a coach and a single mom. Like I don't care. You need two perspectives. You need Good cop, bad cop, right? (laughs) Like at some points in that. And I just think that that stability, again, I'm no researcher on this. I haven't done that. But that makes a big difference in the kids, in my opinion. And I'm grateful that I know Chelsea and I are committed to that as well. And I know know you and Kelsey are too. Yep, completely agree. Yeah. It was interesting too like you know not to bash our system cuz I'm not a huge political person but it, you know you're talking about WIC or other things and I was talking with my sister which me and my sister love her she's her and I I can't I can't tell you how much I agree uh, love her perspective we are completely separate on all perspectives in life especially if we were go to political and she was talking and really talking about how our system currently rewards the the single parent household mm-hmm. and that's the downfall i think right yeah. now is is like people being rewarded to stay single or something like that i mean in a, in a, in a lot of ways
1: i was even outside of that i mean you saw during covid and and beyond you know people like i saw people quitting their jobs or not or 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 stopped working um just because they would make more money By unemployment, Uh, yeah, by unemployment. Of course, you know, uh, people say, "Well, I mean, those jobs need to pay better," and and I definitely agree. I I pay my people far better than what the industry norm is, Um, uh, but to reward people for being unproductive
0: is never going to create a productive society that moves forward in a you know positive way. And again, I would never want the system to, re, you know, make people stay together in abusive relationships or anything like that. Yeah, I but, don't
1: think that's what we're talking about at right. all.
0: But finding ways to uh, reward the things that we know that benefit our next generation, right? right? You know, yeah. I, I, did I ever tell you about my story at Beacon when I started there? I mean, we've talked a lot yeah, about it, but, but I don't know if we've. But, but I was in that exact point. same situation, right? So March twenty third, two thousand twenty, was the first day that the like the COVID, COVID shutdown yeah. here, right? Yeah, and um, I'm going to start at beacon and they want me, I want to go to beacon, but what, I, like what I need to be required to be paid to come there, they can't pay me. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a very small company. It's growing. Hey, this pandemic thing's happening. Things are going to get weird. I don't know if we want to invest in that type of payroll. And I was like, I was like, give me the smallest commission possible or give me the smallest salary possible. Give me, you know, crazy commission. Right. But I'm unproven, you know, I've never done B2B sales. I've only ever done B2C in my life. And the COVID relief money comes out and my current salary on unemployment was like max and it was like $3,500 or something like that. And they were going to go out and it was going to be what an extra $300 per week to the max salary person. So if I would have stayed on unemployment, I would have made like five, fifty-five $5, hundred dollars So we're talking like close to $70,000 a year on unemployment mm-hmm. and the COVID money. Mm-hmm. But I chose to take a $2,400 salary. I think is what I started yeah. at Beacon with potential commission right. because I was like, absolutely not. Like, I'm not going to do that, you know, but obviously that's a mindset, you yeah. know? So it was just, yeah. I literally had that opportunity yeah. and Chelsea was like, that's a lot of money to say no to. I'm like, <laughs> don't worry. I, I believe in my commission ability. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Let's but see. I mean, what's it going to do for your future? I mean, like right? people always or generally
1: go towards short term results. Right. And I mean, whether it's fitness or their job or their future or, you know, whatever it is, short term things are, always seem more shine. And I'm guilty of this as well. Like, uh, you know, having, you know, short-term success versus long-term gains Mm -hmm. and i mean whenever you're you're trying to do something for the long term like the overall outcome is going to be always so much better but um yeah i mean yeah sure you could have short-term made more money but what would you have done with that like where like you the opportunity that you lost out that you would have lost out on yeah i mean would you say your life is probably 10 times better than what it would have been if you chose that other route
0: yeah. I, I think I mean, 10 is be- an underestimate. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm I i mean, I'm just even getting goosebumps thinking about it. You know, being a partner at Beacon and having the owners that I have and Adrian and Jen yeah. being together and how aligned on what we're doing and the company's success that it's had at this point and the income that I have. I mean, I wouldn't be able to buy this house and yeah. invest in other real estate if it weren't yeah. for the decision to bet on myself and go right. with Beacon, you yeah. know, and not take You're right. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because, yeah. I mean... That unemployment wouldn't have bought these views that you have uh, for sure. (laughs) I know. Like (laughs)
1: this guy has the most incredible views that he wakes up to. I mean, there's no way you can not wake up
0: super stoked and happy every day. Just looking out at that view. Yeah. I mean, I want to be a hermit. I'm going to be honest. Like (laughs) you, you have made me to want to be a hermit. I love working. I love networking. I love going to those things. I don't want to leave my house. I'm going to lie. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I just don't want to leave. I, mean, I, I don't want to leave your house. I'm, I'm sticking, out I'm sticking <laughs> yeah. around after this. <laughs> so very, very grateful. And that has everything to do with betting on yourself and you're right, not doing yeah. that. And so, well, I mean, is there anything else that we need to talk about? You won, you know, I can't, you're, Fan number one, you know, biggest supporter in this podcast, and you had so much feedback from the last podcast that we did. Is there anything else that we should be talking about right now? Um, Obviously, we could probably have a set in stone every month and I would love the conversation. But like, you know, is there anything else that you think we should be talking about here? I think for the I think for what we've
1: talked about it, it I think we're pretty good to wrap it up. Um, I'm I'm pretty hungry actually. I'd like to <laughs> like to get some lunch here, but uh, there is a lot of topics that I think we can expand on more. Um, that will probably just take a lot longer time. And I don't yeah. I think that we segued uh, out of some of those conversations that quickly. We'll, yeah. I mean, if we jump into like some real estate stuff, we'd
0: we'll be here for another hour yeah, probably yeah. at this well, point. There will be but a so, poll. We'll yeah. be we'll do a poll yeah. on social media next month. John will come back and you know whatever we want to go will go
1: yeah yeah i think if we if we probably put together some ideas on 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 staying down one direction instead of yeah adhd ADHD baby yeah it just works which which is cool i mean we talk about a lot of different subjects and stuff but um yeah i I mean i'm definitely happy to expand on on a lot more things uh here in the future well i'm forever grateful for you yeah absolutely all right thanks a lot yeah bud